Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That is C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And I also read my regular CBSSports.com column, um, Agents Take on NFL Salary Cap and Contract Matters. Uh, we're going to look at a couple of things this week. One, um, finding the sweet spot in an extension with Derek Carr. And also look at the new deal that Xavier Howard, Dolphins cornerback, just signed. Okay, um, last Monday at the uh, NFL um, annual meeting, Josh McDaniels, new Raiders head coach, uh, indicated that they're trying to find the sweet spot in a new contract for Derek Carr. Then that prompted Carr's agent, um, Tim Younger, to tweet, Clubs always do what is best for the team in every situation. Players, even quarterbacks, don't expect teams to do what is best for the player. Successful negotiations always end in a sweet spot. That said, our practice is not to comment publicly regarding ongoing negotiations. I'm not sure what to make of that statement. Cars in the last year of a five-year, $125 million extension he signed, which at the time um, made him the league's first $25 million per year player and highest paid player in the league. He's scheduled to make $18,877,519 this year. That's his cap number and his cash. Um, out of that, 100000 is a workout bonus. Everything else is base salary. So what's that sweet spot going to be? One, we don't know how many years they're talking about his... Buddy and former college receiver Devontae Adams just came over on what on paper is a five-year, um, $140 million contract, which is up to $141.25 million um, Pro Bowl incentives. It's really $67.5 million over three years on paper because he's not going to play the last two years where there's like $36.25 million in each of those years. If he's still around, it's getting redone. Do the Raiders just want to tie Carr to the time they know they're going to have Adams, which would be through 2024, which is only a two-year extension? To me, that becomes problematic because then you have to start looking at, okay, what's the franchise tag cost going to be for Derek Carr in 2023 and 2024? Then work off of that and try to get a deal done. Then you got two different types of franchise tags. You've got the non-exclusive tag 
which is basically the average of the top five quarterback salaries from the previous five years. You sum those together, divide those by what the salary cap has been those previous five years, multiply that by what the salary cap will be in 2023, and that tells you what the number would be. Now, I've kind of, and you get in with a um, non-exclusive franchise tag, uh, the quarterback can solicit offer sheets. And if the offer sheet goes unsigned, the old team gets two first-round picks from the, uh, uh, I mean, goes unmatched, I should say. Um, If it's not matched, you get two first-round picks from the team that is signing the player to the offer sheet. Now, the problem with that is you stick a non-exclusive franchise tag on a quarterback, given the way we had the trade value go for quarterbacks this year, you're probably losing Derek Carr to an offer sheet because we had Russell Wilson, who's a better player than Carr, um, go to Denver along with a 2022 fourth-round pick for multiple players. Tight end Noah Fant, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, quarterback Drew Locke, 22 and 23 first-round picks, 22 and 23 second-round picks, and a 22 fifth-round pick. You had um, Cleveland send uh, Cleveland give up 22, 23, 24 first-round picks, a 2022 fourth-round pick, 23 a 2023 third-round pick and a 2024 fourth-round pick uh, to get Deshaun Watson and a 2024 sixth-round pick. So Derek Carr is probably going to go. <laughs> you probably be able to trade him for uh, more than two first-round picks, and a team would go, hmm, you get a quarterback who's accomplished two first-round picks, offer sheet. So that means you probably have to go the non-exclusive tag. I mean, the exclusive tag, which means you can't shop yourself. It's a closed negotiation, and the calculation is going to be a little bit different. Um, then it's the average of the top five salaries, which is basically uh, cap numbers at the end of the restricted signing period next April. Of the uh, which next April, which would be about a week before the draft in April in 2023. So I kind of ran the numbers for what I think the non-exclusive franchise tag would be um, based on a salary cap of between $225 million and $230 million in 2023. And I got that number at $225 to be $31.977 million and at $230 million to be $32.687 million. So let's say somewhere in between $32.25 million, we'll peg it, is a non-exclusive tag. If I'm the agent, I'm everything I just said. I'm like, yeah, go ahead, the, stick the non-exclusive franchise tag. You'll lose them. You're going to you're going to stick the exclusive tag on them. You know it. I know it. That's what Tim Younger most likely would tell the Ravens if the discussion goes down this road. You you're going to stick the exclusive tag on them. Most quarterbacks get the exclusive tag. When it is used, it's almost reserved for quarterbacks more than, than any other position. Now, that number, based on where 23 cap numbers now, 2023 cap numbers are now, and it's subject to change if any restructures, which would happen before you stick the tag on that guy. If you, let's say Deshaun Watson, who's got a $54.993 million cap hit in 2023, for sake of argument, Derek Carr played out his contract. They couldn't find a sweet spot. They're going to franchise him. 
and they stuck the exclusive tag on him. And I don't know what the designation date deadline is, but let's say it's March 7th. And let's say the Browns restructure Deshaun Watson's contract March 12th. That 54.993 million gets locked into the calculation. So as it stands right now, and some of these numbers would change. You got Deshaun Watson in at 54.993, Dak Prescott 49.13, Patrick Mahomes 46,243,381, Josh Allen 39,272,281, and Ryan Tannehill 36.6 million. Those would be the five numbers which are going to figuring out the exclusive franchise tag. And the average of those numbers is 45.248 million. Huge difference between the two numbers. You're talking basically $13 million difference between the non-exclusive tag and the exclusive tag. So if I have a client and you work for the client, not the other way around, who's willing to let me do what I want to do and doesn't give me a constraint that, hey, um, we got my receiver. We got to try to get Hunter Renfro done. Maybe they're going to redo Derek Waller, who's underpaid. So I don't need every last dollar. If I got a client who doesn't take that approach and it's, hey, last time I saved money, Khalil Mack got traded, constantly saved money, Khalil Mack got traded, I'm taking care of me, um, then I would aggressively use that number and probably wouldn't get anything done. Now, or if you want to try to be a little more reasonable, I would might tell the team, hey, you say you're going to put the non-exclusive tag on. I say you're going to put the exclusive. Let's average the two and try to work something there. And if you average two tags, you're basically, for 2023, comes out to $38.75 million. So you could probably use that as a starting point, maybe. Now, if you look at the data points in the marketplace, which would be relevant, you have Kirk Cousins, who let the Vikings off the hook because he had a... He had a cap number over 45 million almost 45.2 and did a one-year extension to create cap room at 35 million dollars um, right before the new league year started so that's one data point and then you got Matthew Stafford Matthew Stafford only wanted a fair deal didn't fully exploit his leverage and if he wanted to he probably could have named his own price after all the draft capital that the um Rams gave to the Lions to get him, and then he plays well in the postseason, and they win a Super Bowl, which they would not have done with Jared Goff this year because they don't beat Tampa because Jared Goff isn't making that throw, late in, deep throw late in the game to Cooper Cup, which averts overtime. So he probably could have named his own price. Instead, he signed for... 160 million over four years on the extension, 40 million dollars per year, 135 million guarantees, 60 million as a signing bonus, 89 million um, fully guaranteed. If I'm Tim Younger, I'm not happy that Matthew Stafford didn't use his leverage as much as he could because that's going to directly impact my guy. Um, let's say Matthew Stafford did use his leverage. The Rams made Jared Goff the second highest paid um, quarterback in the NFL um, when they lost in the Super Bowl 
and he faded down the stretch after being a MVP candidate. And that was $33.5 million, which tied Aaron Rodgers as the second-highest-paid player. So at the very least, you would expect that the Rams wouldn't have balked at making Matthew Stafford the second-highest-paid quarterback or player in the NFL. And that right now is Deshaun Watson at $46 million because I'm taking the three-year new money average of – not new money average, the three-year average of Aaron Rodgers and saying he's at over $50 million per year. So, at the very least, you could say, if I'm Tim Younger, this con- Stafford should have been at 46. Yeah, you can say that and get a team to buy that as two different things because the deal came in at 40. So, that's kind of what it is. <laughs> it's 40, not 46. So, I remember um, when I was an agent, I hated it if someone did an extension which came below my expectations for a guy at the same position that's comp- that was going to be a comp because I'm like, you just made my life harder. So I think that's what kind of happened here. If you got Derek Carr this time who's chasing money as opposed to I'm trying to win, and I'll cut you a discount. So that means the two points would be really between 35 and 40, last two data points. Cousins, 35 and Stafford at 40. When you factor out, if you factor all this stuff in the equation between the franchise tag argument and these uh, last two quarterback deals, you're not going to 40 may 40 slightly over 40. That's probably where this thing has a ceiling. 41 maybe. I'd try to push for Josh Allen money. He's at 43 on his extension. I don't think he'd get there. But really, when before uh, Stafford got done, I would have been looking at this to be 40. So maybe I'm trying to get a little over Stafford on the um, average. Length of contract, I don't know how long it's going to be. But two-year, as I stated earlier, that's why the two-year extension is problematic. Maybe it's three, maybe it's four. The longer the extension goes, the more the guarantees are going to have to line up with um, Stafford's, particularly if you a four-year extension. He's at 135 million guarantees, 89 fully. You're going to have to kind of come in that neighborhood. But um, Raiders didn't trade for Devontae Adams, for Derek Carr not to be extended um, since that's his guy. So you need a quarterback in this division in particular because it's the strongest division in football. You got Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs. Russell Wilson just came over from Seattle to go, who's now the Broncos quarterback. Justin Herbert, up-and-coming quarterback heading into his third year for the Chargers. So, this is the, you can't let Carr walk out of this division and expect to compete because you need a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback, particularly in this division. So, we'll see if it's how long the extension is, but. $40 $40 million per neighborhood is where it should be. Where it shouldn't come in below Cousins in any scenario. If you average the two franchise tags on the non-exclusive basis, you're getting it basically 35-5. That's really what the floor should be. Um, and we'll go from there. So we'll see if and when this thing gets done. But Derek Carr should be the next quarterback domino um, to fall. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dolphins cornerback Xavier Howard finally corrected the mistake that he made in 2019 when he signed a contract for $75.25 million and a five-year extension, which barely moved the needle in the cornerback market um, when Josh Norman was the highest-paid guy at $15 million per year uh, late Friday by signing a new five-year contract worth $90 million. Um, the new money in the contract for the two new years is $60,691,177, which is a new money average of $25,345,589. Before I get to the um, analysis of this deal, I'm going to set the backdrop a little bit. Part of the reason why the Dolphins are having to address Xavier Howard's contract is his fault for not moving the needle in the market the way it is. And also the Dolphins didn't do themselves any favors in 2020 free agency when they briefly made Byron Jones the highest paid corner in the league, giving him a five-year $82.5 million contract, averaging $16.5 million per year, $40 million fully guaranteed at signing, $54.375 million in overall guarantees. Inferior player to Howard. So... Then Howard goes out after that contract is signed, has 10 interceptions, became the first player to have 10 interceptions in a season since Antonio Cromartie in 2007. So, of course, Howard's going to be, wait a minute, this dude makes more than me? And then the market escalates. You had Tredavious Wright sign an extremely front-loaded four-year extension average, $17.25 million. Then you had Marlon Humphrey, first Jalen Ramsey, become the first $20 million per year corner. Then Marlon Humphrey coming at 19.5. So, Xavier Howard's sitting there going, oh, I'm better than these guys. You did better do something about this. <laughs> um, he threatened to hold out and switched agents in the process to uh, David Canner. And then last year, they stuck a Band-Aid on it. Um, they weren't going to redo a deal with four years. But they did say that if um, they gave him assurances that a renegotiation would take place in early 2022, depending upon how he played in 2021 and his health, because... Um, then there'd only be three years left. Uh, the game three five in incentives, which he did earn last year. And that's how we got to where we got. Now we're going to get back. This is going to be the old adage of how do we value this deal? Um, do we look at the five year total or do we look at the new money average? The easiest way to be able to tell and nobody's going to have any privy to it is what did the Dolphins' proposals look like? That they sent David Canner. In the proposals, were they highlighting new money? on here and if they were highlighting new money then that's what we're talking about they weren't highlighting new money then no um in this case i can see then you're talking ripping it up in five years in this case i can see where some people might go ripping it up um because xavian howard had 39 million three hundred eight thousand eight hundred twenty three dollars left on his contract and the five-year total does not end in 823 um if it had 
then definitively you go, we're talking new money. Now, in DeAndre Hopkins' case, he had uh, 39.915 million left. Five-year total, 94.415 million, which shows me they're talking new money. I suspect they were still talking new money in this case, but we won't know unless you look at the proposals. But um, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk uh, had a source which gave us what our numbers and when usually when he gets these types of things they're pretty reliable so i'm going to take him at face value except i don't know whether he got the complete details about the guarantees because the reports were that um this has the most amount of guarantees in um the howard deal and that's when it first was reported but you got a signing bonus and roster bonus of 17.115 million i'm assuming those are prorated we won't know until we see the uh full details of the actual breakdown so i don't know if that's all prorated i'm gonna assume it all is uh 22 base salary 1.035 million fully guaranteed 2023 base salary 18.15 million fully guaranteed so there's 36.3 million fully guaranteed according to this uh, 2024 roster bonus, $3 million on the second day of the 2024 league year. Um, base salary of $15.4 million. $4 million um, guaranteed for injury signing and becomes fully guaranteed on the third day of the league year. I'm assuming all 15.4 will be fully guaranteed on the third day of the 2024 league year. 2025 roster bonus, $3 million due on the second day of the league year. Base salary... $13.65 million. Uh, 2026, another $3 million second day of the league year roster bonus. Base salary, $15.15 million. Annual workout bonuses of $100,000 per year. Um, incentives, uh, 22 through 2026, a million per year based on first team all pro or initial um, Pro Bowl ballot. Now, You'd have to add a team qualifier to the Pro Bowl ballot part for it not to be a cap charge and turn it from likely to be earned and not likely to be earned. So um, this is a pretty good – I'm going to work off of this. So if I'm ultimately proven wrong because I'm working off of this, then so be it. But these are the details that we have. So if you assume the signing bonus and roster bonus, the roster bonus is prorated, then – Stephen Howard's cap number was $16,358,222. Then it's going to drop to $8,213,281. So they're going to pick up $8,144,941 in cap space. That's only if the roster bonus, and I don't know how much of the signing roster bonus is a roster bonus, <laughs> but that's the cap savings they would have um, out of this deal. Now, the these new contracts for guys who have three years left on their contract are going to be the bane of the Green Bay Packers existence because that's part of the reason you had acrimony with Devontae Adams. Uh, the new money on the two new years added to DeAndre Hopkins was $27.25 million per year. The Packers didn't want to acknowledge that at $27.25 million per year last year in negotiations. So 
you end up getting him franchised. Now, they've been negotiating with Jair Alexander, who only played four regular season games last year because of shoulder injury, came back and played in the playoffs. Anytime there's an intervening event when you uh, start negotiating, it matters. And from everything we read, Jair Alexander wanted to be the highest paid corner in the NFL, which had been Jalen Ramsey at $20 million per year with escalators and centers performance bonuses, which could max the deal at $105 million over five for $21 million per year. So now you've got this deal, which has a new money average of basically 25.35. The Packers aren't going to acknowledge this as the average any more than they did DeAndre Hopkins. They're not going to all of a sudden do a 180. They're going to be consistent in how they treat this deal compared to Hopkins. So if Jair Alexander is trying to use this deal to become, to leapfrog um, Howard, good luck. (laughs) You're probably staring a franchise tag in the face. Now, I suspect if this thing was negotiated over new money, and I think it was, the trade last last week, or, should, or maybe now it's the week before. Yeah, it'd be the week before now, since we're um, late Sunday, early Monday. That Tyreek Hill new money average probably factored into this, because on paper it's $30 million per year, but realistically, $120 million over four after the Dolphins traded for him from the Chiefs. But realistically, it's 75 over three. From the time I started being an agent, and some general managers or front office people will look at cornerback and wide receiver as tandem or corollary positions. I used to do that. I used to look at those as corollary positions, um, inside linebacker, running back as corollary positions, um, left tackle, edge rusher as corollary positions. Um, I saw a tweet not too long ago where Joe Banner was talking about that. Um, how they're tandem corollary positions. So if you just paid Tyreek Hill $25 million per year, I suspect you're over $25 million per year on the new money average because of this Tyreek Hill deal. Only way to know would be to ask the parties, but that's just my hypothesis. Now, Green Bay is going to have a problem with this, <laughs> and Cleveland Browns are going to have an issue. Denzel Ward also in a contract year. Um, also playing on a fifth-year option like Jair Alexander for – uh, $13.294 million. They're not at the same stage as negotiations as the Packers, but I suspect that whoever goes first out of these two, and you're going to need um, Jai Alexander if he goes first to do a job to help advance the ball for Denzel Ward if he's going to capitalize on that deal. Now, we had a event in the marketplace which came in lower than I thought, which I thought might help Jair Alexander, but didn't, was J.C. Jackson's contract. Um, J.C. Jackson has the most interceptions over the past three years. 22 led the NFL with 23 passes defense, but essentially signed the same deal as Byron Jones with less overall guarantees. Um, two years later and is a better player. That came in lower than I expected. I thought he might become the highest paid corner. Didn't happen. So that didn't help uh, for those purposes. Now, in Denzel Ward's case, there's another twist in this whole thing. That In addition, that Torrey Dandy is going to be looking at the new money average of 
basically 25.35 million. <laughs> Browns going to try to dismiss that. There is no way you are signing Denzel Ward for less than Marshawn Lattimore. Marshawn, Marshawn Lattimore signed a deal averaging $19.4 million per year right at the start of the 2021 regular season. That simply is not going to happen for one reason. Tory Dandy did that deal. A year later, do you really think Tory Dandy is going to sign a deal for another cornerback that's comparable, that is less than that deal? <laughs> I don't see that happening. If I'm him, um, what I'm doing is I'm like, okay, the cap went up 14.1%, basically. I'm at 194 Salary cap inflation gets me to basically a little over 22. So 22 is my floor. Um, that still comes in under this Xavier uh, Howard new money average of $25.35 million. But this deal is going to complicate negotiations for Jair Alexander and Denzel Ward. The 90 over 5 is where teams are going to try to peg it, which is 18. Agents are going to say it's 25.35. We'll see what rules today and how much that hampers negotiations. But in any event, Xavier Howard finally had the original contract that he never should have signed corrected. You don't become the highest paid player by such a small amount when the market had been stagnant for three years. That was the first mistake, and the Dolphins treated him fairly. If it's been the Steelers, they'd advance money again, say we don't do contracts until we get into the, uh, they would advance money or get them incentives again. We don't do new contracts until in a contract year. When Antonio Brown was outperforming his contract, that's what they did until he got into his contract year, took money from future years, gave it to him early, gave him a raise in the current year to placate him. Dolphins didn't do that, rectified a situation that they knew didn't make any sense. That Howard locked himself in, and the market shifted dramatically. He's one of the top corners in the league. You make a case that he's the best. So, particularly with the guy on the other side making more than he is, something had to be done. So, Howard's happy in the books. He's got his money. But I suspect getting high-end corners done following this is going to be a little complicated because of the new money in the deal. That's going to be this week's uh, Inside the Cap. Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That is C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. Also, read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agents Take. And we'll see you back here next time. Uh, Thanks for listening. Goodbye.